Are you an educator who works with vulnerable children? Are you frustrated with trying to meet the needs of vulnerable children in an inflexible, target-driven system? Would you like to know how you can better help support these vulnerable children in your school or organization? Well, look no further. Welcome to this special podcast series from Braveheart Education. Now, please welcome your host and the author of The Teacher's Introduction to Attachment, Nicola Marshall. Welcome to number 19 in this special podcast series on the teacher's introduction to attachment. Um, And we come really to the final section in the book where there are a number of chapters that are um, just final thoughts, really. They're not um, so much areas of concern or uh, they're not packed full of strategies um, for you to use, but they're just kind of final thoughts of things that I think are important for us to think about, to remember and to, to notice in uh, in children and just to think about in ourselves in how we feel about um, education and about kind of what we're doing. So today I want to just mention a couple of things about the first two chapters in this section. Uh, the one is about triggers um, and this is about those um, things that um, create a trigger for a child that you know something from their past it may be it tends to be around the center so it may be um, a a smell a sound something that they see or they hear or or they taste and it 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 kind of triggers a reaction in them that can um, be extreme in their behavior and it can leave you confused because you you had no kind of idea that that you know anything was going to happen you can't see what the trigger is um, if you think about for yourself familiar songs, um, very often when a song comes on a radio, it um, it triggers uh, a memory for you. It, it might be um, uh, to do with all, all the senses. It might be a, a, a place, um, a person. It might be something that, you know, an event that was happening, something important, something uh, traumatic for you. Um, but it kind of takes you back to that time. And it's the same for children, and and lots of times we may not know what those triggers are. I remember hearing a story once of um, a a man who, and I think the man was telling this story at a conference, I can't remember his name now, um, about his own life. And um, he has always uh, disliked oranges, the smell of oranges, the taste. So even if he was in the same room as somebody who was peeling an orange, it would just it would revulse him really he it, it would he was just you know, horrible for him and he could never understand what this was about and where this had come from um and then he came across somebody a relative i think it was who uh, who knew about his past and uh, this man didn't remember a, a lot about his childhood um but apparently this person told him that when he was very young his parents they were they had owned a pub i think it was and um they'd left in the night and they'd left this little boy on his own in the pub and he was found a few days later by by someone and um when they found him he was sat in um a, an orange box a box that had been filled with oranges um in the pub so he'd been on his own for a few days in just sat in that kind of um orange box um and just that experience um and the the smell that was so strong for him that had triggered him all of his life um and i think that's amazing to 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 think that our 
senses are so powerful that they can have such a strong impact and a hold on us. Um, and for children, so sometimes when they might do something in the classroom and you think, oh, I just can't see that there's a pattern to what has happened. It can be that, you know, it might be a smell, it might be perfume somebody's wearing, it might be something that's happened um, and it's quite hard to see. But what we can do is try and look for those patterns because sometimes you can see a pattern. And and if you write these things down and just kind of take note, and I think we've said this already in a previous podcast, to to maybe keep a diary of, of events and think, right, well, that happened then or this person was in the room or that was happening. You have to really be a detective to try and kind of understand um, talk to the parents and the carers. There may be things that you don't know, I'm sure there will be, um, about their lives. So, for example, for, for, for our children, um, the time when they were taken into care, which was just after Christmas, kind of early February. So that can be a trigger time for them. Um, birthdays tend to very much be difficult times um, for children like this or any other dates that are significant it may be that they've um, met up with somebody or they're waiting for a letter from siblings or birth parents so if you talk to the parents and carers sometimes you can try and piece it together about what might be happening um, reassure the child that they are safe so I think for somebody if we think about that that man and the oranges to know you know if you have people around you to say when that trigger happens you know, it's okay, you're safe, nothing's going to happen to you here. Um, and just to be able to reassure them that everything is going to be okay. Um, and carry out what you promise. So again, it's really important in terms of the trust and the relationship. Also, think in advance about programs. So if you know that there are going to be certain triggers that are going to be difficult, so if you think about things in the curriculum that are going to be difficult for them, um, the family tree information that when you when you get to the stage when you're doing um, sexual health that can be quite difficult or if you're talking about uh, about um, families and uh, child development all of those kind of things can be quite difficult as well um, now the other part I wanted to talk about today as part of this final section in the book is um, something that I've entitled prevention is better than cure and it really was just thinking about why should we spend time on doing the things that I've outlined in this book to do with children because um, I've heard many times schools say that they just you know they don't have time to do all these things and I understand that you've got a class of 30 uh, and you've got targets and pressures and things that you have to do and it, it's difficult to try and put some of these things in place for one or two children you know when all of the other children seem to be okay but what I would say is what you will find is if you can put some of these things in place that for that child it will obviously make a huge difference but also for the rest of the class it will because many times we spend our energy on children who on the few really who are being disruptive in the class because they're finding it very hard to settle to learn um, and we're spending more energy and time on them than we are on actually doing these strategies that we've talked about that could make it better um, for everyone and the impact of putting in these strategies for vulnerable children I think will be much wider spread than, than we actually um, can imagine at the moment uh, I just want to leave you today with a kind of 
slogan, I guess it is, that I heard from a school who came on one of my courses um, not so long ago. And I love this. And I've quoted this quite often. Uh, and we were talking about fairness and equality and how hard it is to treat children differently in your classroom because of how other children feel about that, how other parents feel about that. And they said um, that being fair isn't treating everyone the same, but it's giving everyone what they need. And I think that's that's just spot on, that is. It's about these children need something different than uh, the child next to them may do. And it's, you know, it's fair for us to give them what they need, not to treat them the same as somebody else who um, who just isn't in the same place, hasn't had the same experience as they've had. So I hope that's been thoughtful. Um, a thing for you to, to kind of think about and take away and, and ponder. And I look forward to our next podcast in this series. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Part of a special series introducing the teacher's introduction to attachment. To order your copy of this book, go to www.teachersintro.com.